98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Burns and Gambo. And I quote, Good leadership requires accountability. For the Suns and Mercury organizations, that begins with me. While I disagree with some of the particulars of the NBA's report, I would like to apologize for my words and actions that offended our employees. I take full responsibility for what I have done. I am sorry for causing this pain and these errors in judgment are not consistent with my personal philosophy or my values. I accept the consequences of the NBA's decision. This is a moment. The moment is an opportunity for me to demonstrate a capacity to learn and grow as we continue to build a working culture where every employee feels comfortable and valued. I'm extraordinarily proud of the Suns and Mercury organizations and the record we have built concerning diversity, inclusion, and giving back to the community. It means a great deal to me that our dedicated and hardworking employees have made Phoenix a basketball destination for players and fans. Close quote. That was Robert Sarver issued via his attorneys, I believe, yesterday, um, his statement regarding the punishment that came down. Loaded question, but it's the question that we're going to ask and talk about here for a few minutes. Is that enough? Is that good enough? Was that sincere? Was it? I mean, I, you know what? I, I, it, it's in writing. So it's hard it's to hear, hard to hear that, yeah. sincerity in writing. Like if there was an interview, you know, you can get, you know this because we do this for a living. Man, it, it, it's hard to read what somebody's feeling when it's a statement in, in, in there instead of like an interview. Like it's easier for me to read Adam Silver and say, okay, I know exactly what he's, as I'm watching that thing. Adam Silver said that he took full responsibility and, you know, here's what I, I think happened. I think when the statement came out early, you know, and there was a lot of denial and stuff like that. I like, you know, I think that uh, Robert believed a lot of that, but he didn't know there was a hundred. He probably didn't know at that time there's going to be a hundred people that are going to come out and say something against you. Yeah, like, I have a hundred people that were offended because you walk in the hallway, you make a stupid comment, and you don't think anything anything of it. And then you're at an event and you make a, a sexist joke, you don't think anything of it. And then all of a sudden you find out there's an investigation and you think, oh, that Ryan McDonough and Earl Watson, they really got it out for me. And, you think, and so you're not thinking that there, you're not thinking back to all of the different things that you... Now, when the report comes out, like, I did that? I did, I, did I really do that? I did that? Ooh. Ooh. Now it's like, okay, now you got to take responsibility for it. But do I think at the time when there was an investigation going forward that he knew all of the accusations that were going to be in there? No way. Yeah. No way. He was at that time, I believe, you think it was a few disgruntled employees, maybe a fire, they've got an ax to grind, they, you know, and then the report comes out, it's a lot more than just a few employees. There were a lot of people that had, you know, an incidence where they, they felt like they were offended or you had a comment that they, uh, that they didn't like. Yeah, there was initially a report yesterday from Adrian Wojnarowski that while Robert Sarver cooperated fully with the investigative process, Sources tell Woj that the Suns owner was unaccepting of the idea that he deserved a one-year suspension and $10 million fine. Um, he called it acrimonious in determining kind of the punitive part of the process, how much punishment Robert was going to face for all this. Adam Silver today in a press conference that feels like it's made things far more worse than it has better said that Robert Sarver expressed accountability to me. In terms of his level of remorse, at least as expressed directly to me, 
he was taking complete accountability and seemed fully remorseful. I recognize, I think, what he was saying in the report itself. I think he may take issues around um, a certain particular context of how what things were said or, or particular activities, but he's not the finder of fact. Wachtell was, and I accept that. Hmm, see, and I hear that, and I'm, I'm, I'm here in gray area. You know, I hear that, and I'm and I'm hearing not a total, complete acceptance of everything that was in the report and my responsibility for everything that's in the report. I hear that last ten seconds of that soundbite, and I hear gray area. You know, every particular detail of the report he's not accepting. I mean, even at this point, even if they didn't get every single I dotted correctly and every single T crossed, at this point, if you're Robert Server, you'd be wise not to dispute any element of that report at all. I, I mean, no. it, because it, it just, it, 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 and, and he's not, Silver is conveying Robert's thoughts on this, but it seems to me that at this point, you just have to, that report was so bad, and you were so fortunate to only get one year, that at this point, you shouldn't raise anything that makes it sound like, well, you know, I kind of disagree with that. Uh, I'm not, I kind of disagree with that, man, at this point. But he did. You I think did he it. Did. You got to take it. You but know? he did take some exception to some of the, I mean, in his statement, right? in his statement, didn't it, yeah, you know, well, did. I don't agree with all of the things in there that was in the statement. I don't know if you have that in front I, no, of you. I, yeah, I, I, you and I read yeah. it once, and you're right, he did even I, then say, well, I, yeah, well, I don't agree with everything that's in there. I take responsibility. Now, listen, here's what you don't want. OK, I mean, and, 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 and even in the thing, they said it's like if, if I if you're Robert Sarver, you don't want people thinking that you're a racist. You don't want people thinking these things about you. If you believe to your if you believe in your heart, that's not me. Like, OK. That's not me. I mean, look at my history. Look at my track record. Look at my hiring presses, like you, uh, practices. You're trying to protect that with everything you have. That's your reputation. Like you're trying to, you're trying to protect that above everything. Which is why you might say, "Look, I don't agree with everything that's in here." Look, at no point did. Did they come out and say, okay, this guy's a racist? Because then it would have been a silver-like situation, and they would have axed him. I mean, you know, he made yeah. comments, and they said there was no intent to, to this. But you still said him. It doesn't mean you could say it. You know, it doesn't mean you have the right to say that stuff. But I would think that he's in full-blown, I'm trying to protect my reputation. Yeah, here. and that's why I'm, I'm surprised that he's surprised by it. Because according to the, re- the report, the first time he ever used the N-word, people got to him and like, you can't do that. You can't do that. I mean, if you're quoting somebody, even if you're relaying a story, even if you're telling a story from your perspective, you you can't say that word. And then it happened again, and it was the same thing. You can't say that word. I mean, it's it's we're advising yeah. you not to say uh-huh. that word, even if you're not saying it, even if you're just relaying that somebody else said stop <laughs> saying that right. word. And it happened. You would think you would just you would think you would just know that, right? Uh, yeah, you, you think, would think that just common sense. Like, yeah, you would just know that. Uh, here's more. Adam Silver um, on the future. And, you know, in the words of the commissioner of the NBA, Robert Sarver is on notice. In terms of future behavior, um, there's no question he's on notice. Um, he knows that. And I and I also think, though, if you look at the chronology of the sort of the report, that most of this activity goes back many, mo- most of the um, inappropriate activity goes back many years. I would say the son's workplace is um, a very different environment today, even at the beginning of, of this investigation, than it was years ago. I don't think there's any dispute over that. And while that is mostly true, 
I can tell you right now on social media, um, there is some reaction to this idea that Robert Sarver has evolved by pointing out that the report indicates an incident that just happened a year ago. And I don't want to get into the specifics of it because it's rather graphic. But there, as part of the report, it, it alleges something that was done as recently as 2021. Now, I agree with the commissioner that the bulk of the report were things that happened 2011, 12, 13, 15, 16, 17. But there's some pushback on social media. They don't try to make it sound like that he's evolved and everything's changed and everything's good because this report said something happened a year ago. You know, and, and there's some pushback on that. Now, again, the commissioner, as, as vague as he was today, he was also pretty clear. The league has done everything they're going to do about this. This is you know, as you've pointed out, astutely, yeah. it's kind of on the minority owners, and it's kind of on the sponsors, and it's kind of on the fans, and it's kind of on the players, and to yeah. see what sort of pushback they have on this that continues to advance the story, or does the story just fade away? Yeah, I, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I think a lot of people ask is you know, and I think the I think the minority owners will have to ask that question: Is this the, the right guy to lead the organization? And if they determine he is, and that he's made a mistake, and he's made and he's atoned for it and he's going to get punished for it, then that's one thing. But if they determine that it's not, look, a lot of this stuff is just gross and stupid. And it's just like, you know, like like I said, I mean, you're almost an idiot for bringing up this stuff. And and now that it's all bounced back on you, you're like, wow, how, did I really say? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, I'm, yep, yep. They're, they're saying you really said that stuff. When we come back, it's been a while. We're overdue. Although I don't know if either one of us are looking forward to it. Keyshawn Johnson of ESPN. Actually, I do. I am looking forward to it. Oh, I want to yeah. hear what he has to say about that debacle on Sunday next on the Burns and Gambo Show. Guess who's back, 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 back again. 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Burns and Gambo. We had fun with him last year, back and forth all season long in the good times and in the bad. Of course, I'm talking about Keyshawn Johnson, ESPN radio host from the Keyshawn J. Will and Max Show. And after week one, we wanted some unfiltered Cardinals talk and NFL talk. So we turn to our guy, Keyshawn Johnson, who joins us here on the Burns and Gambo Show. Keyshawn, I hope this call finds you well. Thank you for coming on, man. How you doing? It's, it's good, man, but it won't be no back and forth this year for the Cardinals. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, listen, you might be right. This is going to be a one-sided conversation. Ooh, damn. What, is, what are you seeing? What did you see? In, I went over a lot of game film last night. I watched a lot. of. What, what, do you, what did you see from that first game against Kansas City? I mean, look, it, it, they got off to a slow start, and if Kansas City's offense is going to be tough. Arizona's defense is not great. You know, I thought that, I thought that they looked okay at times, but they don't, they're just not – at the level the Kansas City Chiefs are um, for a number of reasons. I think that they need a little bit more help on the receiver end. Uh, you know, the the, uh, the defensive side of the ball, there's no real major pass rush that affected Patrick Mahomes whatsoever. Um, you know, it's just, a, 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 as they say, all three phases of the game. But... They tried to make a little stink of a comeback, but that, you know, that was short-lived. Um, yeah, game was over at that yeah, point. Yeah. You said what? Game was over at that point. They scored a couple of meaningless touchdowns in the fourth quarter. By that yeah. point, they were down like 37-7, to seven, like they were getting killed. Yeah, it wasn't even, it was just, they're not on the same level. 
give me the give me the receipt. Give me the wide receiver perspective. DeAndre Hopkins out six weeks. Rondell Moore, who's one of your one of your top three or four receivers, is out. What does a quarterback need to do when he's missing some of his key weapons? He's got to depend on what he has, and the guys that that are there got to step up and help the quarterback out. Um, that's just the reality of it. Yeah, that, that you know the Hollywood Browns of the world, the AJ Greens of the world, uh, they've got to do what they can do to help Kyler Murray out. And that didn't happen on Sunday. I, I, something about the Chiefs, and I'm just curious from your own personal perspective: Are they the second best team in the NFL? Are they the first best team? Third? How how much did the quality of competition matter for the Cardinals when playing a team that good on Sunday? You mean for the you mean for you you mean the quality for Kansas City or for the Cardinals? For the Cardinals, I mean, did they just did they oh, just play yeah, one um, of the, how good of a team did yeah, they, they just they, lose they're to? They're not they're, they're they're not the Cardinals aren't good enough yet for those type of teams. They're not good enough for uh, you know the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the healthy New Orleans Saints, the Buffalo Bills, the Kansas City Chiefs, the Baltimore Ravens. They're just not ready for that yet. I know that they looked good last year, beginning of the season. They got off to a great start until people start getting hurt. But they're just not there yet. And a lot of it has to do with uh, experience, hurt players, uh, coaching decisions that's being made, all of those sort of things. You know, I, I told somebody, I don't know who it was today, I was like, well, they gave three big contracts uh, to the general manager, head coach, and to the quarterback that could potentially be wasted in about three years. Ooh. Yeah, wow, all three of them. All right, one of the things that we talked about a lot here was just like, you know, Camp Cupcake. Like, you know, not, you know, they, they've they struggled in the second half of the seasons. They really struggled down the stretch. So this year they put everybody in bubble wrap. They didn't want anybody to get hurt. They didn't, they didn't play a lot in the preseason. A lot of the starters didn't play. They wanted to make sure everybody got through healthy. I mean, look, you paid, played for Rich Kotite, I think, once. So that might be the worst coach in the history of the NFL before Parcells came in. But what's your philosophy? What do you think? Have been played in the era you did with the way that these teams approach the preseason nowadays with many of them not wanting to play their starters. I'm okay with that. That doesn't, I'm fine with that. That doesn't affect anything. I think a lot of people, you know, you get some sloppy play, but you get sloppy play from both sides, right? Defense and offense on both teams. Um, You know, yeah, we got beat up in training camp and we had tour days and, you know, we didn't get our first off day until two weeks in training camp, all of that sort of stuff. But there's so many different ways to skin a cat. You know, a lot of people like you guys, I'm sure, old heads, are, oh, should be practicing more. They should be in the throwing in the off season and hanging out in Cabo and, and relaxing and throwing with one another. That doesn't do anything. <laughs> I had a whole conversation earlier today uh, on a show on Canty and Car- Carlin and Canty. And that's what they were trying to tell me about Aaron Rodgers and his receivers. I'm trying to mean nothing because there's no six, seven, three hundred pound defensive end bearing down on Aaron Rodgers in t-shirts and shorts. <laughs> so it means absolutely nothing. Training camp is good for the mind to get you accustomed to what could potentially be coming from a playbook standpoint. But you're not hitting. You're not taking guys down to the ground. They're not get, you're not going across the middle and getting the you know the you know what smacked out of you. The quarterback isn't getting ragdolled in training camp. So really, 
what good is it? As long as they're in shape, that's fine. I'd rather get to the game healthy than limp into the game. Keyshawn Johnson, our guest here on the Burns and Gambo show from ESPN Radio. I, I think I know the answer to this. I'm going to ask it anyway. Did anything about Sunday's loss to the Chiefs change your opinion about the Cardinals, or did you have a fairly low opinion of the Cardinals going into the season to begin with, Key? I mean, I, don't, I never have a low opinion about them. I just think that they are what they are. They are a middle-tier NFC team. They are like 8, 9, 10, 11. They can climb up and still, you know, get into that 6, 5, 6 role with a, a nice season. But they're not in the class with the top four teams in the NFC. Yeah, yeah. So top four teams. You go in Tampa, Green Bay. You go in Philly, Minnesota. You put New Orleans in there. Rams, obviously the Rams. I don't know why you wouldn't put New Orleans in there. I really don't. Uh, but, But I would go New Orleans, you know, Tampa Bay. Green Bay, Rams, you know, uh, the Rams. That, that's kind of what I would, you know, interchange. Maybe you could put, maybe you could squeeze a Minnesota in based on them beating first week, beating uh, soundly, beating up on Green Bay. But that's really the just of it, right? Those are really the teams. I'm not like sold on San Francisco as of yet. Um, they're going to be without Kittle again, I think, this week. And they're going to play Seattle, which knows them, with a young quarterback at Trey Lance, so they could be 0-2. Uh, you know, that's about right, though. Those are about the teams. Let me ask you uh, on Mahomes. Uh, maybe Cliff needs a, a homework clause instead of Kyler. History has shown that you don't blitz Patrick Mahomes. He kills her. He's one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL against the blitz, so he's the least blitzed quarterback in the league. What did the Cardinals do? They blitzed over 50% of the time. Just in watching that and seeing how much they blitzed, if you got a chance to see any of it, were you surprised by that? I mean, Vance Joseph came up with the game plan, not me. And Chris Kingsbury signed off on it. So, you know, when you know that this is probably not what you want to do, the ball's going to get out quick when you bring in pressure and he's able to move around the way that he's able to move around and Eric Bieniemy is able to dial things up. Who knows? Yeah. Key, it was good hearing your voice, man. Stay well. Thanks for coming on for a few minutes. We appreciate it, okay? Anytime. Don't don't be scared when they go 0 6 to call me. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I, well, I mean what, what when did you get when you with with Rich Kotite, when did you guys finally win your first game? Wait, what, what when was that? We if we want you wanna laugh? Uh-huh. Of course. We beat the Arizona Cardinals. Oh my god, in, is that the win? Sun Devil Stadium in front of like eighteen thousand people. <laughs> it, it was like week I wanna say it was probably like week seven or eight. That was the yeah, only win Rich Cotide had. He had one seen, win. He had one you win. You seen the locker room, though. The locker room, he thought we won the damn Super Bowl. We were so happy. <laughs> <laughs> so that was like midway through the season? Because you guys you guys went 1-15 that year with Rich Cotide. I totally remember that. Uh, I got it. I got it right here. You got the I game? Got, I got it right here. Oh, Rich Cotide. Sunday, October 27th, 1996. Oh, my God. The New York Jets beat the Arizona Cardinals by a score of 31-20. 21. You want to, you, you remember that real well, Key, huh? 
Yeah. You got the box score? What was my stat what, line? What key do in that game? Keyshawn Johnson was targeted nine times. He had seven catches for 94 yards and a touchdown. Oh, big game. Big game. <laughs> big game. Frank Reich. Yeah, now, so I was a rookie receiver. Here's another story. I was a rookie receiver, and Aeneas Williams is covering me. And, you know, Aeneas is 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 a, 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 a Christian brother, right? And he's yes. deeply religious into his whole deal. And, you know, I'm a, a blank talking you-know-what, right? <laughs> and I catch a pass, and I jump up, and I'm, you, 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 I'm going at him. And he's just like, God got a lot of plans for you in this league, brother. I was just like, he completely blew my high. It was a, it was one of the most amazing keys that I've ever seen. I'm talking trash, and I got the dude preaching to me. It was the funniest thing ever. I was like, okay. I don't think I need to be talking to this man like this. <laughs> oh, that is Keyshawn, great. That story's great, oh. man. That story's so good. That's the rich that's why, tight Jets. That's why oh. we love having you on, man. That was really funny. God, I was going to be laughing good about stuff. that one for good days. Stuff. Good stuff, Key, man. We will be calling you. Don't worry about that, all right? We'll have you on again real soon. All right, bud. We'll talk. All right, Key, thanks. Keyshawn Johnson joining us here at the Birds and Campus. I'm talking trash to you. God be with you. God bless you. You're gonna, God, bless God you. has plans for you in this league. You're going to be... What do you say to something like that? Hey, sorry. Sorry, <laughs> sorry Aeneas. <laughs> sorry. Sorry. Okay. I'll, I'll say three I'll... Hail Marys after the show, <laughs> after the game. That's great. When we come back on the Burns and Gambo show, Kyler Murray understands what the Raiders' defense is going to look like on Sunday. At least one of the 11 guys of the Raiders' defense. That's coming up in the Burns and Gambo show. 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Burns and Gambo. Back here with you on the Burns and Gambo show. Kyler Murray also met with the media today, as he does every single Wednesday. And um, I-, I imagine the closer we get to the game, we- we've talked about it a-, a little bit. Chandler Jones, that's going to be more and more of an angle the closer that we get. Kyler Murray, teammates with Chandler Jones all those years, and now for the first time, there's Chandler on Chandler the other side Chandler and DJ Humphreys. That's all a, those oh, years ago, right. up against each other in practice. Right. Now it's Chandler versus DJ Humphreys. Give me, give me it. Over, under, Chandler Jones sacks. What do you got? Ooh. Ooh. Half a sack, one and a half. What do you got? You give know me an over, under. I, I, Come on. I, okay, I'm, I'm... Bring it. 1.5. 1.5 over under on the sacks. And I, and the reason why I picked that number, honestly, I think Chandler will be very motivated to have a big game. And I think players, and you've said this many times, and I agree with you, players of that age can only go to that well so many times, right? You can't be yeah. great every single week. No. I think if there's going to be a game where Chandler Jones is going to really try to be great, it's going to be this one. Because he's going to he's gonna be very, very motivated to do well against Kyler. One and, and, a, half. So you, one one and a half. half. I'm going to take, take the under. I would also put a higher number out there, but Chandler hasn't played well in a long time. No. And he didn't play well last week either against He's not that good anymore. You taking the under? I'll take the under. Uh, Eric, I sense a potential poll question here. Chandler Jones sacks on Sunday, one and a half. One and a half. Over or the under? Over or under. Yeah. Two, two would be a big game. 
Two would be a big game. It would be a big game. After doing nothing in the Raiders opener, like literally nothing. No, and so Kyler meeting with the reporters today, that was obviously a big angle facing Chandler Jones. It's going to be, uh, gonna be fun. Um, Chan is, uh, you know, he's a, he's a great dude. Um, one of the uh, better, best teammates I've ever been, you know, had the pleasure to play with. Um, it's going to be weird, different, you know, obviously seeing him in a new uniform, but... You know, at the end of the day, he's he's got one job. I got one job. We'll be able to chop it up after the game, but you know, we're on the field. Obviously, it is what it is. Is there going to be some trash talk during during the game? I hope not. I mean, it, it's, it's not going to. I'm gonna just laugh at him. I don't. I got. I mean, me, me and Chad. It's like it's like I said. He's one of my best friends. Like on the field, so it's like um, it, it'll be funny. You know, obviously, I think he. I think he might. You know, try to throw some some remarks in there, but uh, it won't affect me. <laughs> he's one of my best friends. He's going to try to kill you. <laughs> like he's going to try to take your head off. It's just a question of whether Chandler Jones is capable of that anymore. But you know, he, to what extent he's capable of that? As anymore. I've said many, many times, I truly believe this, and I've, I've I've learned this over time. He's capable of it in 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 small doses. Can't do it every day. Can't do it every game. And it is Chandler Jones in his prime in a sixteen game season would give you twelve really good games. Mm-hmm. Twelve really good games. Now it's. Three really good games in a 17-game season, maybe four. But most of the games are going to be, he's not, you don't even notice that he's there. We had it last year. You barely noticed him in most of the games. So they're, you know, the older players. I look at Albert Pujols right now. I mean, look at Albert Pujols. Yeah. Come man, on, baby, three get away. There. Come on, I want him Come to on, get baby, 700 get so bad. Get 700. Like, Come on, man, baby. he's found just a little bit of juice at the end. He did nothing the last couple of years with the Angels. He's found a little bit of juice right now. Chandler Jones can find that juice every once in a while in a game. Maybe it's this week against the Cardinals, but he can't do it week in and week out anymore. No, I mean, everybody looks at you. And, and to be fair... To to try to paint this picture, I think, the right way. Chandler Jones, in his prime, was a great acquisition for the Cardinals. He was a great member of the Arizona Cardinals. He was worth everything they gave up to get him, every dollar they paid him. He was very, very good. It was time for him to move on. It was time for them to move on. The fault with the Cardinals, for me, has been and always will be not letting Chandler walk. That's fine. It was time to let Chandler walk. Not replacing him. It was not replacing Placing mm-hmm. You've always that, said that. That yeah. was the crime. That that was the. That's where they screwed this up. Frankly, it, it's okay. Let Chandler walk. It's time for Chandler to walk. It's time for Chandler to go get that big contract somewhere else because it's probably going to be a waste of money. But you have to replace him. You can't just count on what you've got, or you can't just count on. No offense, Dennis Gardak. No offense, Devon Kennard. You can't count on those guys to replicate the kind of elite production you need at that position. And, and I just think asking Marcus Golden to do that. To be that was asking way too much. So I, I never had a problem with them letting Chandler go. It was not replacing him. It was always not replacing him. Yeah, sounds completely fair. Now you did draft two guys. Um, you've and you've still got Victor Demukaji who drafted last year. But to rely on unproven rookies, yeah. it's a little risky. Now maybe those guys end up being good. We don't know. I mean, Cameron Thomas only got what four snaps. But yes. I think on those four snaps, he looked good. So maybe he'll get more of an opportunity this week. Yeah, and of course, my Jay Sanders, as you indicated, wasn't even active. Wasn't active for that game. Uh, one more Murray from on Chandler Jones called him a Zen master. Oh man, he's he's a student of the game. He loves it. Um, you know, he's he's like a. 
kind of like a like a Zen master when it comes to you know the the art of pass rushing and like um, all the different ways to get to the quarterback. I know you know he does the whole he he's going out. He loves the uh, loves to educate you know other other you know up and coming pass rushers. I was I got to I got to see a little bit of it at the Pro Bowl. Um, I know you know they got a pass rushing camp in, in the off season that he attends and um, you know, he just he just loves it. You know uh, so it's, it's it's hard not to respect that. When we come back on the Burns and Gambo show, we were just talking about Chandler Jones, and we were just talking about this matchup coming up. Despite having two of the best pass rushers in the league, the pass rush itself has been non-existent, not only for the Cardinals, but for the Raiders, too. We'll dive deeper into that next on the Burns and Gambo show. 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Burns and Gambo. Glaring similarities between the Raiders and the Cardinals as they get ready for this Week 2 showdown in many, many ways. Um, Gambo made the point earlier that you could argue both of them just got done playing two of the very best teams in the NFL. I mean, certainly the Cardinals with the Chiefs, and you could certainly argue the Raiders with the Chargers. Haven't played each other since 2018. <laughs> Did you see the note about that? I saw the... I saw. I had a note about it, but I saw your note about a, field, a, a kick, right? A field goal? Uh, okay, now I apologize because I did not see yours. So we'll compare mm-hmm. notes about the last time they played in 2018. 23-21, Raiders won. Yeah. Um, there 2018, was a, November 18th. And it was That was week... I'm looking at the Raiders' schedule. Four years ago. Yeah, it was like week 11 when they played. Mm-hmm. Here's the note that I saw on this. Now, it wasn't the end of the season when they played. But the last time the Raiders played the Cardinals, Daniel Carlson hit a walk-off 33-yard field goal for a 23-21 win. That ultimately, when it was all said and done, proved to be the difference in giving Arizona the number one pick and uh-huh. the Raiders the number four pick. Uh-huh. Only because the Cardinals finished 3-13 and and the Raiders finished 4-12. and had Carlson not hit that kick. Now, who knows how the rest of the season would have played out. The Cardinals out. would have not had the number one pick. But the Cardinals might not have had the number one pick if they didn't lose that game to the other really bad team that year, or one of the other really bad teams, the Raiders. So, again, even it happened in Week 8. So if the Cardinals had won, I don't know how the rest of the season plays out. Maybe they pick up another win or two. But you can look back on that season in its kind of totality in hindsight and go, man, that was that was one of the differences that allowed the Cardinals to, to get, get Kyla Murray. Kyla Murray, yeah. yeah. And do you remember who the Raiders took at number four? I didn't. It was, it was in the tweet, uh, but I didn't was, know. Um, uh, Clellan Farrell. I went and got it. Yeah, it's, I know that the Cardinals would have taken Bosa if they didn't have number one. They loved Bosa. They loved that. Bosa. I do remember if that. If they had not drafted Kyla Murray, they would have drafted Bosa. Yeah. Loved him. Yeah. Who was it that they the Farrell? They Farrell? Cle- Clellan, Fle- uh, the Clemson uh, kid, I if I remember have, right. Yeah. Who's still there, I think, right? He's like the last of this Gruden Mayock disastrous first round pick. Yeah. He see, they're still trying to salvage that pick somehow. So there's that comment, and that's the last yeah. time they played. So that was, you know, four years ago or whatever. Yeah, and there's some common things, right? Chandler Jones played six years here. Uh, Javelin Guidry was claimed by the Raiders this week off the Cardinals. Uh, Trayvon Mullen was drafted by the Raiders. Now he's on the Cardinals. Rodney Hudson played six years with the Raiders. Now he's on the Cardinals. Um, McDaniels was a coach in New 
New England yeah, when, yeah. when Cliff was there. Defensive backs coach Marcus Robertson spent time as a Raiders assistant. So there's there's a lot there. There is. I, I think if you look at these two teams, one of the things that really stands out is their similarities from week one was the lack of pass rush. Now the difference the difference is that the Raiders really tried to address that in the offseason. They gave Chandler Jones a three years fifty one million dollar contract. They gave Max Crosby a big time contract extension. They thought they were getting banged for their buck. Yeah. With their pass rush, whereas the Cardinals, as we've you know chronicled many times, really didn't do that much with their pass rush outside of drafting Cameron Thomas and MyJ Sanders. Yeah, they went the other way. They drafted a couple of guys. Where you look at the Raiders, they went out there and they, you know, they signed Chandler and then they re-upped with uh, with Crosby, um, who you know who's. First year with the Raiders had a big year, had like 10 sacks, so they thought they had a good combination there. But they got nothing out of that pass rush in week no, one. Just no. like the car. I, I read, I mean, all the stats today Justin Herbert wasn't sacked once in 34 dropbacks. The only quarterback in the NFL who was touched less frequently in week one than Justin Herbert was Tom Brady. They just didn't get to him. Chandler Jones had one quarterback hit, one tackle for loss. Max Crosby had two. Two quarterback hits. Justin Herbert had the third longest time in the pocket before yeah. throwing in all of the NFL. It, it was the, the, the problem is as much as you'd like to say, okay, go get him. I, I just don't know if I have any faith in the Cardinals pass rush to go get the Raiders because something else we'll talk about too is the Raiders offensive line and how bad it is. I just don't think the Cardinals are built to take advantage of that. Their pass rush is just no good. No, but that like if you, and, and that's the thing, right? So if we come in here on Monday. And the Cardinals failed to generate any pass rush against the Raiders. It's going to be a long season. Yes. I mean, now if they can generate a pass rush and some of these guys stand out and they get a few sacks and they hit Cara, okay, there's hope. But if you come, like, this is your best chance to get to the quarterback. This is your best chance. You're not going to face an offensive line that's weaker than the Raiders. You're not going to face an offensive line weaker than them. The offensive line is no good. So, and they haven't invested much money in it either. And I know we're going to talk about that later again, but it's like, that's where you're like, okay, these guys, you've got to generate some kind of pass rush because if you can't get a pass rush against them, yeah. you're not going to get a pass rush against anybody. Yeah. Cliff Kingsbury today talking about that pass rush and again, talking about Chandler Jones. He's, uh, Obviously a freak when you talk physicality. I mean, a special, special talent in that regard. But he, he he's always thinking about the next move and the next play and how he's going to beat a guy and how his hand placement. I mean, he'll send clips and clips and clips when he's watching guys. I can get him on this. I can do this. I mean, he names his pass rushes. I mean, it's he's eaten up by getting home into the pass. And I think that's what gets lost because he's such a talented player. Um, he's very cerebral. He puts a lot into the mindset and how he attacks it mentally uh, each and every day. And I'll be honest, based off of what we saw from the Cardinals offensive line in week one, Kyler Murray was sacked three times. He was under pressure a bunch in the first half. There were so many questions at left guard. I didn't think Rodney Hudson played a great game at center. I'm I'm a little concerned that the Raiders pass rush is going to have a get right game against the Cardinals this week. Very concerned about it. I agree with you that Chandler's going to want to, you know, go out there and show his old team that he's still got something left. I mean, he's a 32-year-old pass rusher. He did get paid, but he very much got paid on what he used to do in the past, not what on, on what he's going to do in the future. So had that first game, wasn't very good. You expect he's going to come out. That's going to be a good matchup. Him and DJ Humphreys, they battled against each other yeah. for the last 
five years or so, they battled against each other in practices and everything. And, um, you know, so I think that should be a fun matchup. I mean, that's what we're going to look at. I mean, the, the Cardinals probably feel really good about their ability to have DJ take him one-on-one and not have to give DJ a lot of help because, you know, Chandler's an older pass rusher. But DJ knows his moves. Like, D, DJ, everything that Chandler, the advantage is DJ Humphreys. I know you. I know all your techniques. Yeah. I know all of your moves. I know everything that you're going to try to do to get to the quarterback. I've seen it. I've, I've gone against it. The advantage to me is is with DJ Humphreys. I would hope so. And I, I think what's hard to just what's hard to tell here is going to be just the level of Chandler Jones' motivation because I just think he's going to play such and Max Crosby, who's good, who's good. He didn't have a good game last mm-hmm. week, but he's good. And that Cardinals offensive line with the injuries they're suffering at left guard, and that's another other thing they have in common, and we'll get in, into more of this in the next segment in the 4 o'clock reset with the first injury report out. Man, the Raiders are beat up, too. The Raiders did not have a good first week yeah. with the injuries, and they suffered they suffered injuries at positions that will leave them vulnerable, potentially. Cornerback Anthony Averett, he went down. Of course, that's why they went out and got Javelin Guidry. Yeah. Running back Brandon Bolden went down, and they didn't really have a lot of variety when it came to their running backs. Safety went down. Linebacker went down. Their Center went down. They suffered a bunch of injuries. Avery was what a broken foot, I think. I believe so. I think it was a yeah. broken foot for him. But you're right. They, they, uh, they definitely suffered some injuries. So that's gonna, that's gonna, and in the Cardinals too. But again, let tomorrow's the big day, not Wednesday. Thursday and Friday practices are the big practices. Yeah, and we'll have a complete update on the injury report today for the Cardinals in just a moment in the four o'clock reset. You can join Four Peaks this Sunday for a Red Sea Road Rally as the Cardinals take on the. Vegas Raiders. Enjoy great prizes, ticket giveaways, and food specials all game long this Sunday at Phillies off of Warner Road and the 10. The Cardinals can't fall behind 0-2 to start the year, and if they're going to bounce back, they're going to need to get guys back. We'll tell you who some of the candidates are next on the Burns and Gambo Show.